Hey guys, it's me, Alex. I'm with my wife and her boyfriend, Don Terrius. We just found out uh, we're pregnant. Don Terrius is the father, and we're here to do the gender reveal. So, twist it, honey. What is purple? That means the baby's not binary! Oh! <laughs> Dave Rubin back in the free state of Florida. And I have to tell you, although I did enjoy our three days in DC, and obviously we'll, we'll recap a little bit of that today. It was just so good landing in Florida. Like as the plane, when they're like, the descent has begun, I actually become Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. Remember that moment in Interstellar when he's watching all of the videos that he's missed over the years when he's on that, that journey into space and time and everything's bending around him and he's seeing his children grow up and all of these things happen in life and his father-in-law passes away and he's crying tears of joy and his fake, that's me landing in Florida every single time. I am, I am so happy to be back here amongst the joyous free people. We did have a great three days in DC. I mean, it was jam packed. I want to just go through quickly before we get to the show today, uh, the list of people that we interviewed and a little bit uh, sort of behind the scenes of what it goes into doing a, a three-day jaunt in DC that like what we did, uh, because uh, we tried, we really tried our best to get people from across the aisle. Uh, and alas, it didn't quite work out that way. Although we did get Plenty of Republicans who have diverging opinions on a series of things, which actually happens in the Republican Party, not so much in the Democrat Party. Uh, but just real qu quick, the list of people that I sat down with. Uh, Dan Crenshaw from Texas, Ron Johnson, Senator from Wisconsin, obviously, Matt Gates, Congressman from Florida, uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, Congresswoman from Colorado, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who obviously now uh, Congressman from California, but he's the Speaker of the House, Senator J.D. Vance, Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, and we got to clean up a, a lot of sort of the rumors and stuff around her. My own Congresswoman, it was the first time I ever met her, and I absolutely love this woman. It was just a, a serious joy. You probably don't even know her name. She hasn't so, sort of gone national yet, but I hope this helps amplify her a little bit. Maria Salazar, she was just wonderful. Uh, we did a live show yesterday at noon that you may have seen uh, with Senator Ted Cruz, and then we finished up yesterday with Chip Roy from Texas and Thomas Massey from Kentucky. Now, as I said, we did not get any Democrats. I wanna be clear, we reached out to over a dozen Democrats. Uh, for the first two days, nobody even responded. Now, every Republican that we reached out to at least responded. Uh, we were actually supposed to have two other Republicans that we were gonna sit down with. We were gonna sit down with Senator Marsha uh, Blackburn from Tennessee, but then obviously there was this horrific shooting, which we'll be covering a little bit today. So she didn't come to DC, she was back home in Tennessee. And then we were also supposed to sit down with Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, uh, but in a like beyond horrific uh, incident, one of his staffers was stabbed, fatally wounded, not fatally wounded, uh, it, was, it was seriously wounded though. He was stabbed multiple times. Uh, from what they can tell, it was completely random. It had nothing to do with him, Rand Paul himself, or the guy's job. Sounds like the guy will be okay, but obviously Rand Paul had to uh, had to cancel on that. On the Democrat side, uh, m for the first two days, nobody responded to us. Then finally, believe it or not, Ilhan Omar's people said, we'll get back to you. They never got back to us. 
And uh, Rashida Tlaib's people just gave us a no. And you know me, I like to give credit where credit is due. I'll take a no. A, you've told me something. And by the way, they don't owe me anything. We gave them, you know, a week's notice or sometimes it may have been two or three weeks in some cases. Some of them were somewhat last minute, but the Congress is in session. These guys, they're politicians. They don't have that much to do. So you'd think they'd want to be interviewed by people. I'm not noted as the most uh, hardball interviewer on the planet. I would have treated them with respect. Uh, but I will give Rashida Tlaib. This is a once in a lifetime moment. Dave Rubin, I'm getting applause here in studio, is giving Rashida to leave credit because her people actually responded and said no. And Ilhan Omar's people at least responded with a non-response, but nobody else even responded. And, and ironically, or I guess not ironically, I guess obviously actually would be a better word for it. Obviously that right there, the idea that a certain set of people are willing to sit down, talk about their ideas. Again, I challenged these guys on different things. It, it was obviously, it's, it, I always do it, you know me. So I do it in a, as friendly a manner as possible. Some of these people I do consider friends and I also don't pretend to hide my feelings. So I asked almost every single one of those people, what do they think about this Trump-DeSantis divide? I have opinions on it too. You've got guys like Matt Gates who are totally in Trump camp. Uh, you've got guys like Chip Roy who has, who has already endorsed DeSantis, even though DeSantis hasn't even announced he's running. But we can all do it and sit there and be respectful. And that really was one of the interesting things about being uh, in DC. I also want to give a shout out uh, to the hundred or so people that showed up. We did a live interview with Kevin McCarthy in the Capitol, in the Rayburn room, and we had about a hundred uh, local subscribers who joined us. It was great, great seeing you guys. And then everybody broke off and did tours of the Capitol. And as Kevin McCarthy said repeatedly, the people's house is now open. There was a certain energy there. There was a feeling like maybe some sanity can come back. Uh, but the problem, guys, is that uh, if one side wants sanity and something like civility, and the other side just wants, you know, as what I always say is that endless descent to hell and the, and the anger and you're all bigots and racists and you want to kill kids and the rest of it, uh, we got a problem because how do you how do you connect those two things that you know it's like connecting two batteries with the same side and it's just not going to work, right? Uh, you need you need two pieces to, that fit to come together and that's what we're dealing with right now. So the, the theme today really is civility uh, versus uncivility. Uh, and we have a couple of clips that are gonna lay that out for you really, really easily, including, you may have seen a viral clip from yesterday, uh, this guy Bowman, what's Bowman's first name? Uh, Jamal Bowman, who's a congressman from New York, uh, about an hour after I left Thomas Massey. So I had Thomas Massey and Chip Roy, our studio was about, I don't know, maybe a half mile from the Capitol. About an hour after we finished our interview, Thomas Massey, who couldn't be nicer, He's kind of a dorky guy. He's like an electric engineer. He wears a debt clock, an electronic debt clock on his jacket. Like the guy couldn't be nicer, more friendly, smiley, like the type of person that you would want in politics, right? Not an ideologue, like you get what he, he says what he believes. This guy, Jamal Bowman, Democrat from New York, just went off on him in the halls of the Capitol and it was caught on video and it's just showmanship and rudeness and getting in his face and actually, I, I think kind of, pushing him a little bit, like it really was just awful. Uh, so we're gonna compare and contrast the two sides and see what's what. Before we do that, let me talk to you guys about balance of nature. You guys know that nothing is more fundamental than the fact that fruits and vegetables are good for you. Someone said that to you when you were a kid, right? 
But eating all the fruits and vegetables you need can be time-consuming and expensive. That's why I take Balance of Nature. It gives me a foundation of nutrition and the positive effects of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables in just a few seconds. See why hundreds of thousands of people take Balance of Nature every day. Get 35% off your preferred order when you use discount code DAVE. That's right, 35% off your first order just by using discount code DAVE. And now back to me, I did take some of them this morning and can't you see I'm full of fruit and vegetable right now. Uh, all right, let's talk about civility or the lack thereof. Obviously there was uh, this horrific shooting in Tennessee. We are going to get to some of the specifics of it and some of the fallout, but you guys know what happens. When, when one of these shootings occurs, depending on the skin color and religion of the shooter, depending on the skin color and religion of the victims, we either blow it up and make it a huge story. Right? When I say we, I mean the mainstream media, or we completely hide it if it doesn't fit the narrative. And this one, because it apparently was a trans shooter and Christian victims does not fit the media narrative. So the mainstream corporate press people are, are going bananas because this one was too horrific to ignore, but they don't know how to put this into their sort of very binary brains where they can't really think of things, think about things holistically. Uh, they can only do partisan attacks. So here is, yeah, it's the view, it's the view. <laughs> That's good, that's good. Uh, here is Joy Behar on The View going off on Senator Marsha Blackburn because she is a senator from Tennessee uh, talking about how she doesn't care about kids. Now, just remember, again, we were supposed to sit down with Marsha Blackburn that day. She did not come to D.C. Uh, because obviously she stayed home in light of what had happened in Tennessee. Here's Joy. Nothing. They'll do nothing. They do nothing. It's all about the money. You know, Marsha Blackburn is a senator from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, she, of course, sent out her thoughts and prayers. She is 13th on a list of senators who received the most money from the NRA. Um, she received over 1.3 million in donations while representing a state with 1,273 gun deaths a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, follow the money. This is what this is all about, the gun lobby. All these people who are selling guns, they make a lot of money off of children's deaths, apparently, in this country. They're worrying about, you know, other people, books, baloney items. Baloney items. Pretty sure the uh, injectables in her face are filled with baloney. Uh, lady, there's, there's just so much here. Look, let me try to do this. I'm gonna try to do this in like a calm, nonpartisan way. Uh, first off, that. Her, her original notion that they do nothing, meaning Republicans and conservatives do nothing when these shootings occur. All right, that is based in the, I would say, canard that somehow if you give people guns or if people are, are to exercise their Second Amendment rights, it is your Second Amendment right to be able to defend yourself, your home, your property, your family, etc. You are, it is, it is the Bill of Rights. They protect our rights. They didn't give us our rights, right? God, God gave us our rights. We have inherent human rights. The idea that they do nothing, Republicans do nothing because people got shot. The implication is that most people, if they had access to guns, would just start shooting and murdering people. And that simply is not true, right? A gun in and of itself can do good things and bad things. A gun can shoot a guy on his way to murder somebody. That's good. 
A gun can accidentally go off and kill an innocent person. That's bad. It's like fire. Fire can heat your home. That's good. Fire can burn down your home. That's bad. So the idea that they will do nothing as if, because what she's really saying is, after these things happen, they should do what we want. And what we want is to take away the gun. So here you have a lifelong New York liberal trying to tell the people of Tennessee how they should live. It's kind of funny because I don't sense a lot of people in Tennessee trying to tell the New York liberal how to live. They're just saying to the New York liberal, stay out of our freaking lives. And that is one of the differences that we have right now between the attitude of, I would say, the blue state people and the red state people. Um, so that was, that was one piece of that. Then, of course, it's follow the money. That, that Marsha Blackburn only has these beliefs, her belief in the Second Amendment, because of the NRA. You know, it's funny, as far as I know, Phoenix, you can double check me on this on the fly. As far as I know, no uh, mass shooter in American history has ever been a member of the NRA. There have actually been members of the NRA, uh, like in that Texas church shooting uh, about a year ago, who stop and kill the shooter because they have guns and they are properly trained and everything else. Uh, but this idea that, that everyone who doesn't believe what you believe is somehow bought off, they are controlled by the NRA, it's just, it's just absolutely disgusting. And so yeah, so she's connecting, it's they do nothing, money, and the NRA. Those, those are the big pieces there. What she really wants is, hey, let us control you. Uh, by the way, Illinois, you know, she referenced the amount of shootings in, uh, in Tennessee. Illinois had, uh, is that 1,741 deaths or, or is that deaths by shooting? Deaths by shooting, Illinois and Illinois gun deaths. Illinois has basically uh, the strictest gun laws in the entire country. Anyway, it continued on the view because the other part, when I mentioned how sometimes if, a, if the color of the shooter or the ideology of the shooter fits, and the victims, if that fits the narrative, and we know what that narrative is, they love it. If it's a white Christian shooting minorities, then this is the greatest thing ever for the media. If it doesn't work out that way, they don't know exactly what to do with it. In this case, it was a trans shooter going into a Christian school. Now, you would believe by, by any notion, if someone walks into a temple and shoots a bunch of Jewish people, it is obviously somehow connected to their religion much like this is obviously connected to their religion of Christianity. But that does not compute for these people. It does not work in their very deranged worldview. So here is Whoopi having no knowledge, no knowledge of what she is saying, saying that no, this was not about these people being Christians. And until that conversation becomes a real conversation that everybody's willing to get on board with, Children are gonna keep getting shot. People in churches are gonna keep getting shot. I heard one guy say, well, you know, this is, this is against the Christians. No, it's not against the Christians. Because you would have mentioned it when they went into the black church. And you would have said, this is an issue we should be thinking about, but you didn't. So let's not do that. And, and let's not make it. Let's not make it about transgender people. Let's not make it about anything but what it is. We have a problem with this gun and its accessibility in this country. And I don't She's just wrong. She's just fundamentally wrong. You know, I have guns in this house. I would never take those guns and go into a church or a mosque or a school and shoot someone. I have those guns so I can protect my family and my property. 
I know that several of the other people in this room have guns, and that's the same reason they have it. It's about mental illness and ideology. That's what this is about. But she dismisses all of that, and, and it's really bizarre that she, it, she really doesn't want you to think it has anything to do with the victims being Christian, but it obviously does. This person was not happy with the way they perceive Christian people to treat trans people. Okay, you know, there's this manifesto. Supposedly, I think it's a 27-page manifesto that they're trying to figure out whether they should release right now. And I'm actually 50-50 on whether they should release it. I was discussing it off-camera with Thomas Massey uh, because on one hand, I'm for transparency, obviously, right? Uh, and so on one hand, you'd want to get it out so you'd have a little more insight into actually why did this person do this? Uh, the problem, though, is that once you release it and then it goes viral and people are clipping it and reading it and it's read everywhere and the everyone knows this person's name and all that, you're actually incentivizing the copycatters to go, boy, if I do something unimaginably evil, like evil that is, that is so anti-human that you really can't think about it, killing children, uh, the media will read my scribe, they will read my rants, and I will become famous after life. So there is a push and a pull on that that I think you can make good arguments on, on both sides. But she is completely dismissive of the fact that the victims were Christian, she only wants to make this about guns, and she somehow connects that to when, when there has been shootings in black churches. Except, whoopee, when, when there have been shootings in black church, churches, it's because they're going after black people. And they're going after Christians who happen to be black in those churches. You're the one disconnecting reality from all of this. This is about mental illness and it's probably, and I think we will find more about this and we usually do, it's about mental illness and it's about prescription medication and, and what this stuff is doing to warp minds. And then you take these warped minds and you throw them in a world that has endless scroll where boys are girls and girls are boys and not racists are racists and all of the untruths that we know about, you do that over and over and over again to a 14-year-old brain. And by the time that brain is 18 years old, it might do something horrific. It might absolutely do something horrific. On top of the fact, and I don't wanna to speculate too far, but as several people have brought up, if this person was in fact trans, it's a little unclear to me whether this person had transitioned all the way or whatever it was, but we know that this was a biological girl who was going by he, him pronouns, and there was some level of the trans stuff there. If it turns out that she was on testosterone, which is what they put young girls on when they are transitioning them, right? Their bodies do not create it, so then they are trying to make them male. You put them on testosterone. Do you think testosterone has a little something to do with aggression? Do you think that might be a piece of this? So this one, this one I'm telling you guys, this one's gonna be uh, pushed under the rug, swept under the rug so quickly because every piece of it from the, the shooter, the evil shooter, and the warped mind that did this to the victims, none of it computes the way that these things are supposed to compute for the system. And if the system is really good at one thing, it's good at hiding the things that don't fit the grand narrative. Uh, we got a whole bunch more. Let me talk to you about uh, fast growing trees real quick. Uh, you know, you could breathe some life into your own backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com this spring. I just got a bunch of citrus trees from them. Uh, from shade to fresh fruit to privacy and nature beauty, let fastgrowingtrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. 
FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love fast-growing trees, and we just put in we put in uh, citrus, lime, lemon, and orange in our backyard. Uh, you get a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee. Uh, so that you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Ruben now to get 15% off your entire order. And obviously with the season changing right now, spring's rolling in, pollen's out there. You might want to plant some stuff right now. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Ruben right now. Okay, so look, we, we can talk about the shooting all day. I, wanna, I actually want to basically leave that there and we'll see what more info comes out. Um, but yes, it, it, it is one of those things where they're gonna go after, one side's gonna go after the guns. Uh, you know, one side is probably gonna try to go over over the top on going after trans people. I, I don't blame anyone, but the shooter and perhaps the the psychiatrist and, and the people, you know, wh- whoever was infecting this young person's mind with the bad ideas that would lead them to this. That That's where you lay blame. You don't lay blame on on a collective of individuals. That's what we're always trying to fight around here. But what this all leads us to is something about civility, uh, because it is seemingly going out the window. I, I try to do my best with it, but you guys know that I joke and I drop some F-bombs and talk about the socialists and all the crazies, and sometimes you have to. And, and as many of you said to me when we went out for drinks uh, on Tuesday night after the McCarthy interview, you, you guys dig that because you're feeling it too. It's a, it's a release. Some of it is a silly release, right? Uh, I'm, I'm certainly, I don't think anyone in their right mind would say I'm trying to gin up hate here. I know there are people who do say that, but I don't think they're in their right mind. Uh, but civility, especially in politics, is, is being completely wiped away. And as I mentioned, I interviewed Thomas Massey yesterday alongside Chip Roy. Thomas Massey, congressman from Kentucky. He is, he is just a light, fun, decent guy. He's the type of guy you're like, I can't believe you're a congressman because you're, you're just kind of like a goofy, fun guy. He's, he's also brilliant and he has his house running completely off the grid using an old broken Tesla battery. I mean, the guy's done some amazing stuff. In any event, he is a proponent of the Second Amendment. He does believe in gun rights. He owns several guns. Uh, he has been a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, etc. cetera. Uh, he was walking in the halls of the Capitol. This is, we were right in this very room. What were, the video we're about to show you, we were in this room. My whole team was in the room a few hours earlier. And here is Thomas Massey, basically getting accosted by New York Democrat Jamal Bowman over the shooting. And just watch the difference in tone, in content, and behavior. It's rather extraordinary. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been a in a school that allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? Would you? All guns need to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. You're you're carrying the water for the gun lobby. Look at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. States that have open carry laws have more death. States that have open carry laws have more death. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What caused their children to die? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? 
Have you ever worked in a school? It's a yes or no question. Have you ever worked in a school? You will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay, I'll bring it down enough. All right, folks. Have you ever Listen, worked in the school? I've got a bill to repeal. The I worked I'm in the school for anymore. 20 years. You're just screaming. I was a teacher. I, I was screaming before you what came and interrupted me. Every. I worked in the school for 20 years. So I worked in school 20 years. In every school, I was a teacher. I was a school care. counselor. I was a middle school principal. I was in cafeterias every protecting kids every day of my care. career. There's never Clown. been a shooting. Clown. Never been a shooting. Shoot. It's time. Look, we've got Why guns here to protect us. Why? And we believe the Ask kids should have somebody to protect them. Every school that's allowed it has never had a shooting, not even an accidental discharge at any of the schools. There's so much there. First off, I mean, look, the obvious stuff, like just the general behavior of these people. Jamal Bowman is just grandstanding, screaming, getting in Massey's face. He, he touches him a, a couple times. Uh, Massey is clearly trying to explain something to him, right? He's clearly trying to explain, hey, you know, and we all went through this firsthand, uh, there are metal detectors when you walk into the Capitol. There are armed security guards everywhere, literally every hallway, every door, uh, outside, inside, everywhere. Now, I'm actually not taking the position that that's what we want at every school because I do think over time, if you sort of just militarize everything, uh, the, the changes in behavior for people will not be a net good. I think there's a, there's a psychological and mental component to this that we really have to deal with. But the, the general idea of, of, oh, we all walk around with security, we have metal detectors, we have people out there, uh, but we let these schools uh, not be guarded by anything uh, is clearly the right one. So there's a tone issue and that Bowman is doing exactly what lefties do with virtually everything. It doesn't matter if you know what you're saying. If you just stand in a big room knowing that there's cameras there and scream, a certain amount of people think, oh, he has righteous indignation, so he obviously is right. Uh, but of course he is not. You know, there's another interesting piece of this, I, as I mentioned, and hopefully some of you guys saw it. Uh, at noon yesterday, we had Ted Cruz in and we did, it wasn't an interview, we just ran through clips with Ted Cruz about a bunch of things and we were talking about the Tennessee shooting. Ted Cruz brought a bill to the floor about a year ago uh, that would have had an armed guard at every school in the United States, public school, private school, charter school, et cetera. Every single Democrat ruled against it. Okay, so now I get it. They want to get rid of guns altogether because they only want, in essence, the state to have the guns because you know what's going to happen then? We'll all behave. That really is what this is all about. They want centralized power and a bunch of, uh, I don't know, fish people basically with no backbones uh, who are going to behave as they wish. Uh, so it's a, it's a tone issue and it's a lack of understanding. And also when he keeps saying, have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? It's utterly irrelevant. It is absolutely, utterly irrelevant. Uh, Thomas Massey, he, he kept his cool the entire time. He tweeted this after. He said, he tweeted out the video, as you can see, and then he said, he wanted to discuss solutions to school shootings, but when I offered a solution, he began shouting. When he asked for data, I gave him data, but then he just shouted more. Bring facts. There's never been a school shooting in the hundreds of schools that allow staffs to carry. Okay, I, I wanna go a little further with this because you really need to understand that what's happening in DC is indicative of what I started with uh, at the top of the show. We got, uh, I believe it was 12 Republicans to sit down with me, two that had to cancel because of their own uh, issues, uh, and no Democrats would talk to me. 
This is a problem. And when a guy like Jamal Bowman, uh, when he starts thinking that Thomas Massey is the extremist, is the, is the gun maniac and all that stuff, we got a real problem. So I thought we'd just show you uh, just two little clips. Uh, we're gonna post the full interview that we have with Thomas Massey and Chip Roy, but I wanna show you two little clips. Thomas Massey, his main thing is about debt. This guy is into the financials. He actually, he made it himself. We're gonna show this to you in just a sec. A debt clock, a digital debt clock that he wears as a lapel pin, okay? And that's what he cares about most. And you tell me, does this guy, just his tone, everything about this guy, does he strike you as the extremist that you wanna be yelling at in the hallway? Thomas, I gotta start with you because everyone's gonna be wondering about that thing right there. Yeah. Uh, you have the debt clock on your lapel. You and that thing, yeah, where's it, yeah. yours? Um, you know, I'm, some people have a pacemaker up here, a lot of these old senators. I've got an anxiety maker. I'm trying <laughs> to make their hearts skip beats and become concerned uh, by looking at the debt increasing each day. It goes, I wrote the software in here. I made the case. I've got some 3D printed ones I'm working on so Chip Roy can have a copy. But it goes to the Treasury's website once a day, gets the actual debt to the penny, and then makes its best guess based on the average debt per second over the last year about what the debt is at this very moment. I'm gonna guess that when you're back home in Kentucky, or I should say Kentucky and Texas, of course, when you're back home in Kentucky, people probably dig it. You come here and everyone's like, could you put that thing away, a oh. little bit of that? Uh, the Democrats, I had one in an elevator look at it and say, is that a doomsday clock? And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. <laughs> well, they're always escalating, escalating that situation. Funny, it is a doomsday clock, but they, they just don't fully realize it. Uh, so as I mentioned, I had on the Republican side, a whole bunch of people, Trump supporters, DeSantis people, people that backed McCarthy for the speakership, people that didn't. As a matter of fact, both of those guys did not back McCarthy at first. Chip Roy especially was one of the most outspoken against McCarthy, but they knew that the day before I had sat down with McCarthy, I had Gates on, who's a big Trump guy, and then I had Crenshaw, who the base doesn't seem to be for. I tried to bring in a plurality of opinions. But what the theme with everybody was, they are having a hard time talking to anybody on the Democrat side. And I actually asked uh, Massey about working with AOC and, and the progressives. So when you, guys, when you guys see AOC afterwards talk about how this bill was basically passed by fascists, and it's like, man, she, she needs some better education because she doesn't know what it means. Uh, or uh, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, they don't want to teach about the Holocaust. I mean, th these were the responses you got out of these guys. I've asked this to every Republican I've sat down with for the last three days. Are you talking to these guys in the back rooms going, what the hell are you talking about? You know that's not legit. Um, so, I mean, in the Rules Committee, we debated this, and Chip was right to point out, they knew that this bill didn't ban books, okay? Because we had already discussed that the day before in the Rules Committee, before the debate came to the whole house. They, they knew it didn't ban books, but they went down there and said it anyways because they knew a lot of their constituents wouldn't do the due diligence right. to find that. So what we were referring to right there is the bill that got passed a couple days ago, this parental rights and education bill, which is basically a sort of uh, copycat version of what we've been doing here in Florida. It's about transparency and education. There's nothing about banning books. There's nothing about you can't say gay. There's nothing about hiding information about the Holocaust. But AOC, we showed you the clip a couple days ago, literally was calling this bill passed by fascists. You got the other one, Hakeem Jeffries, saying they don't want to teach about the Holocaust. And the point is, that these guys, Massey, Chip Roy, some of the other ones, they get out there every day, they try their best to explain why they're voting for things, things that anyone, I mean, especially guys, I can tell you as a new parent, you want transparency, especially related to your kids. 
Why would I ever want to send my kid to a school where I just, no, I am just simply not allowed to know what they are teaching that child. Like think how actually insane that is. Uh, but this lack of civility does consistently seem to only go in one direction. Where are all of the videos of the Republicans screaming at the Democrats and lying constantly about what they say? Actually, they, they, they just don't exist, but please send them to me if you can find them and I'll gladly show them to you. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about people in Congress and the Senate right now, I'm not talking about the average guy on the street. But I want to show you another video. Uh, you may remember this. This is from March 1st. We showed you this clip. Jamal Bowman, again, congressman from New York. Uh, this is on, I believe it's the steps to the Capitol, uh, going after Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds is congressman from here in uh, Southwest Florida. He, he's a good dude. A bunch of the uh, Republicans who are supposed to be racist were voting for him for speakership, but okay, whatever. Here's Jamal Bowman going after Byron Donalds because he supports, uh, I believe he calls him white nationalist, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis? Come on, man. DeSantis doesn't have a man, shot. Man, 45, 45. Oh, he's he's a nationalist. No, he's, he's a white not. supremacist. No, he's he's anti-gay. No, he's he's anti-woman. No, he's he's no, anti-black. Listen, There's so no about, so way he can be so president. My former colleagues in the legislature. Who's the other one? Who's Republican the other one? and Democrat, when all that stuff was coming up yeah, last yeah. year, I called them. I said, tell me what's happening. They were like, uh, it's really not that, but people are trying to raise a fuss. I've had the conversations. It's not true. Why are, I've why, had the conversations. Why, why, are the, why can't uh, those who have been incarcerated, who are released, who have done their time, why can't they be reenfranchised and be allowed to vote? They are in our state. That's no, they're already not, happening. man. They got to pay all kinds of fines. The I mean, there's so much there. He has no arguments, right? He's telling a black man that his friend, I mean, Byron Donalds and, and Ron DeSantis are friends. At uh, Ron DeSantis' re-election night, remember that 20-point win, 1.5 million vote win that he had back in November? You know who opened for him? The only politician on stage with him that night of the win? Yeah, it was Byron Donalds. Okay, uh, former felons are allowed to vote in Florida, so he also made that up. Um, and he's anti-black, he's anti-women, he's anti-gay. And then this is the same guy who a month later is screaming at Thomas Massey about guns as if he wants people to be killed just because he believes in the Second Amendment. But this, what do we do with this? And I, and I really mean this as an open-ended question. And maybe this will be a, an open-ended question uh, for the remainder of the time that I do this program. What do we do if we consistently are trying to explain what we believe why we believe it and, and how we want to accomplish it if the other side is just there to lie about it and, to, and in their estimation, take us out because we are the bad guys. Uh, there was another interesting moment. You know, one of the people that I interviewed, uh, this was yesterday as well, yesterday morning, uh, was Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman from Georgia. Now, if you listen to the mainstream narrative on her, she's a white nationalist and something about a Jewish space laser, and she doesn't like black people or something, and she's an insurrectionist. I actually found her quite lovely. She was very able to explain what she believes. We, we talked about a little bit of everything. Uh, but later in the day, she was doing a hearing, uh, and they were talking about uh, what happened in Tennessee, and she's having a back and forth uh, with, uh, what's his name, Jason Moskowitz? Is it Jason? Uh, Jeff Moskowitz. Uh, represent, I'm sorry, Representative Jared Moskowitz uh, about uh, shootings and uh, sort of how she evolved on some of this stuff. Any question? I'll yield to anyone on this committee who disagrees that murder in schools is not murder. I yield. Will, you, will you yield? Oh, I'll yield. Yes, please. 
Yeah, I was, when I was in 11th grade and Joe Biden made our schools gun-free school zones, one of the students in my school brought three guns to school, and our entire school went on lockdown because he was the only person with a gun. There was no good guy with a gun to protect us kids at school. You want to know why the shooter is dead in Nashville, the trans shooter? You want to know why? Because a good guy with a gun killed that woman. She identified as a man. She was mentally ill probably taking hormones, and she went in and murdered children and adults in this Christian school in Nashville. So if you want to have a good talk about schools and protecting children, we need to talk about protecting our children the same way we protect our president, we protect our celebrities, yeah. we protect Re reclaiming this building. Right time. Okay, Th I'll yield. Th thank you, Mr. Chair. You got it. It's just the truth. These people exist and are able to scream about taking away our guns while they are protected by guns. Remember that video we showed you about a month ago as uh, Gavin Newsom was walking the streets of California talking about how the GOP is in a suicide pact with the NRA because of guns and he's surrounded by like eight armed security guards because that's the only way he can go out in the state of California. I know you guys get it, but it's not just the congressman Congresswomen and the senators who are disconnected from reality on the left. It's also obviously the president. And the president, I would say, is disconnected from reality uh, when it comes to basically everything for several reasons, some of them medical. Uh, here is his first response. This was the first thing that he said uh, after the shooting. Ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. No, Joe, you got it backwards. First off, okay, the usual slurring, that's fine. He doesn't even know what he's saying. Again, Ted Cruz a year ago tried to get an armed security guy at the front of every school. So now imagine, and not, there's no perfect system, right? There's always ways around a system, I accept that. But now imagine there's an armed security guard at the door of this school or any school, right? The shooter comes up, now you have a standoff. You have someone that is trained and prepared and ready to defend the students and the teachers and the faculty, et cetera. Uh, but every Democrat was against that. So what the Democrats are doing, while the, while the bodies are still warm, the Democrats are saying, how can we take guns from you? And if you think for one second that if they can get whatever they want, we want, we want semi-automatics, they don't even know what they're talking about, right? Usually, we always find this out. They don't even know what the definition of the, the words mean. They don't know the difference between magazine and clip. They don't know any of this stuff, but okay. If you think for one second that if you give them an inch on guns, they will stop. Oh, we're good guys, we got the guns we wanted, let's wrap up shop. And if you, first off, it's just, ins it's an insane theory. You, you would not understand the ideology of progressivism. It is to progress always on your rights. That's how it works. Uh, but it's not just that, it is that they will always do it and then they will move on to something else. It's the second amendment that is protecting the first amendment, right? It, it's, just, it's just how it is. Uh, here's another one by Biden uh, where he's conflating a couple different issues on how Americans feel about guns in general. Take a look. The Congress has to act. The majority of the American people think having assault weapons is bizarre. It's a crazy idea. They're against that. 
I don't know if that is true. I don't know what, we tried to find some numbers on that, that the majority of Americans think that having assault weapons is bizarre. We could not find that out. But let's say that is true for a second. I, I will try to make your argument for you, Joe. If the majority of Americans think that having assault weapons is bizarre, does that mean then that you should take assault weapons from people? Should be, we be ruled by a mob? Just because most people think something, does that mean that it is right? I think because I have a wise audience, you guys know that that obviously is not the case. Imagine, and you could end up in a situation like this, where after generations of programming young people, we could end up in a situation, and I think we may be heading to that situation, where the majority of people will think that the First Amendment and free speech are bad. They will think there are too many bad ideas out there. Too, people have too many uh, conflating and conflicting views on things. There's too much quote-unquote hate speech, etc. And once that gets over that 50% threshold, should we take away free speech? Should minority viewpoints not be allowed to be shared in the world that Joe Biden wants to live in? Apparently the answer is yes. Uh, but then of course, uh, we had to show you a clip of cringe Jean-Pierre uh, where she just, instead of just honestly saying, we have to think about mental health, we have to think maybe we actually are radicalizing now a whole generation of people because they're confused about their gender and their sexuality and all of these things and what that might lead to. Instead of having any honest assessment, it's Republicans want to kill people because of guns. We must do more. And he wants Congress to act because enough is enough. In his State of the Union, the president called on Congress to do something to stop the epidemic of gun violence, tearing families apart, tearing communities apart. How many more children have, have to be murdered before Republicans in Congress will step up and act to pass the assault weapons ban, to close loopholes in our background, in our, in our background check system, or to require the safe storage of guns? We need to do something. Most of those laws exist already. That's number one. But this idea that it's just how many more children have to die till Republicans do what we want. How many more children have to die till Republicans are like constitution, constitution, right? No, guys, no. But they can't, they just can't deal with any of this honestly. And do you think that might be why they'd be afraid to sit down with a guy like me? Like, am I known as the, the most combative interviewer? I'm actually known as the reverse of that. I used to get a lot of criticism because I was the reverse of that, right? People would say, Dave's a softball interviewer, okay? Uh, but they're afraid to sit down with me because what they wanna do, what she knows she can do, is Biden can say his nonsense, then she can filter it down, and then the mainstream media just repeats it. So they basically never have to be challenged on any of this. And if you wanna see how the mainstream media also obfuscates the obvious truth about this stuff. Look at this headline from Reuters. I mean, tell me this is not just evil. Former Christian school student kills three children, three staff in Nashville shooting. So apparently this trans activist uh, was at one time a Christian school student and that is the way they chose to frame it. Just incredible. Uh, then there's this guy, Ben Ryan, who uh, he is an NBC guy. We, did we confirm that he's an NBC guy? Uh, look at this tweet. I mean, is this just unbelievable? NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter as Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. 
Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and Michael Knowles had nothing to do with this. The Daily Wire being in Nashville had nothing to do with this. We will find out more about the medication this person was on, the ideology that this person was uh, following, but Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh never said, if you like us or dislike us or anything else, you should take the law into your own hands and kill people. Uh, this is a mental health issue, guys. It is a mental health issue, guys. But look, here's how the USA Today uh, covered this. Police on Monday afternoon said that the shooter was a transgender man. Officials had initially misidentified the gender of the shooter. Do you see how stupid this is? It is so, I don't care. And no one in their right mind cares about the gender of this person right now, right? It's gonna become political because they've, they've forced this trans stuff on everybody. But you see where the media is worried about, oh my God, did we misgender the, the, the murderer? Insane. Speaking of insane, Don Lemon, CNN, go. The police are identifying the shooter as a trans woman, would actually be a trans man. So there's sort of a misidentification there, but this is all new. I'm just wondering, the identity of being a transgender person and also being identified as a woman, does this pose any sort of difference or difficulty for, the, for police because it's not typically a woman, regardless of how they're identifying? So there are a couple yeah. of things here that are different and that we are going to have to talk about and, and delve into. Right. So each of these cases is always going to have a particular difference, right, whether it's uh, uh, someone is angry at their father or someone had something happen at the school. And this is a unique case, and we have to be sensitive about it to the extent that Audrey Hale identified as a woman. We do not see mass shooters uh, who are female, especially in particular school shooting uh, murderers. Those, that is, that is, uh, uh, this is actually, I think, the first time that I can remember. Okay. Do you see how they're so focused on the wrong thing? and how they are making, they're basically running cover for a trans ideology. Because if this was a Muslim that went into a church and shot Christians, nobody would be like, oh, we better figure this out. Everyone would be, and, and probably correctly, uh, well, first off, I would still say there's a mental health issue, because again, if you kill innocent people, there's a mental health issue there. But we would be able to maybe connect this to a religious ideology, and there would be a certain amount of people, by the way, people on the right, who then would be unjustly prejudiced against Muslims. If a Christian shooter went into a Jewish synagogue or a Jew went into a mosque, right? We would be able to cl somewhat clearly connect these things. But in this one, we better not misgender this person. Is it a trans man or a trans woman? This has never happened before. We should be very careful, blah, blah, blah. As opposed to focusing on the real victims, the way they talk about it. The victim here is the, is the shooter. The victim here is the shooter, you know, because, you know, the Daily Wire is in Nashville. And, uh, you know, somebody misgendered this guy or this gal. Insane, absolutely insane. Uh, here is a, a fake Republican. You know these. You know these pet Republicans. I'm always talking about these pet Republicans that go on MSNBC. Uh, he is a former congressman named David Jolly. Former. I'm very happy to say he's former congressman because he was a Floridian congressman, David Jolly, and he's he's a pet Republican, which basically means a Democrat. He goes on MSNBC to just rail against Republicans and listen to just the way they frame this. I mean, it just yeah, it's about race. Go. It's, it, it, when you say the word gun violence, one of the things that uh, always strikes me here, and you see it here, is if you say the word crime, 
Republicans, there's no, there's nothing that's too much to go after crime in the big cities. Crime, crime is the enemy, throw it. If you say gun violence, which is the, probably the most deadly subset of crime, all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you gonna do? It's just, <laughs> as whatever the word is, that just changes everything. Yeah, Chris, this is gonna be hard, but for Republicans, crime is something that's committed by black Americans. Yes, right. Gun ownership and gun violence is something that is part of the culture of young white men, and so Republicans protect it. And that's just the reality. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Crime. Only black people commit crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so weird because uh, it seems to me that Republicans are the ones that care about crime in the big city, thus uh, fund the police so that there is less crime in their cities. There's a reason that Denver, or is Denver, for example, uh, has homelessness and drug use everywhere and Dallas does not. One is run by a Democrat, one's run by a Republican. Hint, hint. And this, he's a Muppet, this guy, this Chris Hayes. He's just a Muppet. But this David Jolly, like, yes, how do you, like, do you see how what they did? Like, instead of dealing with the actual mental health issues are about this specific person and this ideology that is being pushed on children everywhere, instead of dealing with the complexities related to that, it's somehow Republicans' fault. Oh, and also Republicans are racist when it comes to all of this. But not just that. Here's another lunatic from MSNBC. Republicans also hate rule of law. We now live in a society where the cops are afraid of the convicts. We're former presidents. Oh. Former presidents. They make martyrs out of convicts who stormed the United States Capitol. These, these Republicans are the enemy of the rule of law. My God, they're talking about a trans shooter who shot up a Christian school and he's making this about January 6th. Bananas. Bananas. Also, cops are afraid of convicts. You know, it's funny, they're not afraid of them here in Florida, where we have rule of law and all-time low crime. You know where they are? Well, you know where cops are afraid and where cops are retiring early and where they are literally, literally having to lower the physical fitness standards to become police officers? New York, because they defunded the police. Minnesota, because they defunded the police. Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Not Republican places, bananas. All right, only one more from MSNBC, I promise. You know this guy, we've shown a couple clips of this guy. There's this guy, what's his name? What's his first name? Anad, his first name's Anad. His last name, I'm probably gonna mispronounce it, is Gridharadas. He looks like a villain from Gotham City. I think he broke out of Arkham Asylum and he's terrorizing, well, I know he's terrorizing people because he's on MSNBC. Watch this. And then more people see big problems in their lives that government can't solve and get demoralized about government, which helps this extremist right ideology. And it is sickening to watch them try to claim the idea of freedom. I, for me, the freedom to remain alive or have my kids remain alive kind of comes first. Yeah, but, those little kids but, 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 but also, though, they say free, they talk about a freedom. They talk about a freedom that they've made up in their own twisted Correct. heads because they've been they've been whipped into a paranoia. Do you guys have that searing pain in your heads right now, like a knife stabbing you in your abdula, oblongata, medulla, oblongata? Um, yeah, he's sort of right. Government can't solve problems. Government's not good at problems. The nine scariest words in the English language. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Except he 
like every idiot at that table and everyone on MSNBC and everyone watching MSNBC, their solution is always more money and more government. The government is evil. The government is corrupt. Government is, is full of elitists pushing the people down. What is the solution? Make it bigger. Make it bigger. The, I, I want the freedom to have my children alive. Well, no shit. So how about we scale back government, which is the number one thing encroaching on all of our lives. <laughs> oh wait, we have more MSNBC. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, we do have more MSNBC. Uh, remember John Heilman? I feel like I owe everybody an apology right now. I'm apologizing to you guys. I apologize, what can I do, what can I do? Remember John Heilman, he is the MSNBC hack who went on Real Time with Bill Maher about a month ago and Russell Brand just, filleted this guy, just absolutely filleted this guy. Here he is, and remember the whole thing was about whether they lie on MSNBC intentionally. Here he is telling an insanely, completely fictitious story about Republicans and Waco. Uh, I don't even know what he's talking about here, but go ahead. Taking semi-automatic weapons, making them machine guns, and it was when the ATF saw evidence of that and the fact that David Koresh was raping young girls that they decided to try to make a move on Waco, and that's what started the whole 51-day siege. You know, that's and those people are heroes now on the right. right. David Koresh uh, and 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 the the assault, the, the Waco, the Branch Davidians are now. You know, we'll, again, we'll talk about this more later. But that's how deep it goes, and it's not new. The only other thing I'll say is. I agree, Eddie, like, you know, some parts of the culture are obviously broken, um, and it's not all about policy. Koresh is a hero on the right. Uh, now, I have three right-wing maniacs in the room with me right now. How many of you, show of hands, guys, have a David Koresh, uh, you know, like a bunch of pictures of David Koresh, a shrine, let's say, to David Koresh in your bedrooms? Anyone in this room? Nobody in this room. I have never met anyone on the right that thinks David Koresh is a hero. Now there might be some like radical, really anti-government out there, something or other that does, but you see how he conflates that with every, he's a hero on the right. He's a hero on the right. This is the same clown who a month ago got eviscerated by Russell Brand for saying that nobody on MSNBC intentionally lies. Then we showed you a massive compilation of him lying on MSNBC and then the guy blocked me on Twitter. Uh, but for those of you who forgot, here's Russell just uh, taking him apart. Have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you're, you're on there. Not, you, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried <laughs> Good on. Morning Joe. Yes, yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend, Make my MSNBC friend. better. My Make friend. MSNBC great again. My friend, I would love... The thing that, that morning Joe, it's not in the morning. There was no one named Joe there. It's just like... Anyway. You get it, these people, they just lie about everything. So now how can we wrap the show together today in, in a positive way? I've had to apologize to you. I think I cried a moment ago. It's, it's been a lot today, right? And, okay, and, and this is serious stuff. This wasn't our funniest show ever. But how, how can we bring this together in a sane way? Look, 
for those of us that are, are on this, what I would say is this broad right coalition right now that's trying to figure out some stuff and it's going to get difficult. It's going to get difficult because we're fighting a bunch of people who will yell at you and shout you down and call you racist and lie about you and all that stuff that you know. But it's also gonna get increasingly difficult in the next year, especially because of the presidential politics portion of this, right? I, I've hit Trump a bit on this show. No matter how many times I say I like the guy, I, I went out of my way to support him. It cost me a lot in friends uh, and probably sponsorships and a whole bunch of other stuff, but I don't regret it in any way whatsoever. Uh, I haven't been thrilled with some of his behavior lately. But as I said, I sat down with as many Republicans as possible. I sat down with hardcore ones in the Trump camp like Lauren Boebert and Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, and talked to them about their support for Trump and they know my feelings about DeSantis. And then I sat down with guys like Chip Roy and Thomas Massey who are, let's say, more in the DeSantis camp. How are we gonna do this without destroying each other? Or will we destroy each other? Maybe, maybe that's what the machine really wants, right? We will actually destroy each other. And then congratulations, we get four more years of a mentally scrambled Joe Biden in the White House. Well, I talked about just that with Matt Gates, and I thought that would be a nice way to tie this all together. Gates knowing that I'm more in the DeSantis camp at the moment and he's more in the Trump camp. And, and what do we do with that? AOC, you guys passed the parents' rights and education thing and she's calling it fascism. Hakeem Jeffries is saying they don't wanna teach about the Holocaust. Like, it's just like lies and craziness. Like, is there anyone in there that can sort of stem that? Or do you think that's just well, about- Broadly, yeah. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do think we have to be willing to create alliances around issue sets where we may have common ground. Take, for example, the surveillance state that we have. I get real squeamish about the powers that the Patriot Act and other laws mm -hmm. have fused into the national security state to deprive Americans of their liberties, often in the absence of constitutional protections. And I can find Democrats like Zoe Lofgren on the Judiciary Committee or Ro Khanna in the progressive delegation who will actually work with me to try to build enduring coalitions mm -hmm. against an establishment that also includes both Republicans and Democrats. I'm sorry, we, we showed you a different clip right there. We, there's a clip that we'll show you tomorrow uh, or that you'll see in the full interview, which I think the full interview's up already, right? The full interview's up already. It was the clip that I was referring to. We just got back late last night, so we had a little error there, uh, where I talked to him about the DeSantis-Trump thing. And, and we sort of agreed to disagree and walked away there, like kind of high-fiving and shaking hands and it's all good. Obviously, what we were talking about there was the other theme of the show today, which was that hopefully we can find some people. Hopefully Gates can find some people. He mentioned one or two right there. We'll keep putting our hands out. I promise you, I will keep trying to interview people on the left if they will sit down. I will keep trying to do it. I will keep trying to, to not go scorched earth when it comes to whatever is gonna happen with Trump and or DeSantis or anyone else. Like that's gonna be the challenge it will be very easy to do the other thing. It's very easy to be the bowman of the situation. It's very easy to just scream and find enemies everywhere, but we're gonna have to do some work. Uh, just one final thing for today. Uh, Wall Street Journal put out a poll uh, a couple days ago that's really, really fascinating about some, some disturbing trends in America right now, talking about values. Look, take a look at this. Uh, what this is showing you here uh, from 1998 to 2023, so in a 25-year span, patriotism, has dropped, the, the belief in the importance of patriotism has dropped from 70 to 38%. The belief in the importance of religion has dropped from 62 to 39%. The importance of having children, 59% to 30%.
Community involvement, 47% to 27%. The belief in the importance of money, 31, which has risen to 43%, which might have something to do with the amount of inflation. We have people who are like, oh, I best, I do wish I had some more money. Uh, but yes, guys, this is, uh, these, this is disturbing. Those, those numbers are all going in the wrong way. I am not sitting here telling that you that you have to believe in a particular religion. I am not sitting here telling you you have to have a flag waving outside of your house. We've got a pretty massive one inside of my house uh, or any of those things. But if we don't get back to a place where we have something common, whether that is a belief in the United States of America as a fundamentally decent project, uh, whether that is a belief in God or something beyond ourself, uh, whether it is a belief that being part of your community matters, your local community, so that you're, you're you know, you walk down the street and you don't get shot and people actually take their garbage out and, and clean up when they see trash and all of those things, it can derail pretty quickly. Um, so it is a battle for the culture and we have to decide what do we care about? What are our priorities? What are our shared beliefs? I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep trying to expand those things right along with you guys. It is gonna get tough. It's gonna get tough. Like this thing is going, this DeSantis Trump thing is going to get tough and nasty and everything else. Uh, but I'll tell you guys, having been in DC for three days, I left the city, believe it or not. And when you watch my interview with Kevin McCarthy, I think you'll see it. He says something about how he still, every day he goes into that Capitol Hill, he still feels a sense of awe. And I do believe him. I, I feel it when I go in there. It's like great people over generations and hundreds of years created these structures, meaning these physical structures, but then also these documents that did so much freaking good. We've still got it so freaking good, but, but we have to be able to defend it and we have to know when forces are coming to take it out and we have to figure out how we deal with that in, in a decent way, in a law-abiding way. We got a lot of work to do, but as I often say, I have nothing better to do than save the world. I suspect you don't either. Uh, in 37 seconds, I'll be doing a post-game show. If you wanna ask me any questions, comment. Did I screw up anything today? Let me know. Uh, did I play too many clips of MSNBC? I think we can all agree the answer is yes. Uh, my full interview with Dan Crenshaw is already up on YouTube and Rumble. The full one with, Ga with Matt Gates is already up on YouTube and Rumble. All the others, and I think it was about 12 in total, uh, will be going up over the next couple of days. We're doing, them all, we're doing them all as full, right? They're all, what's that? Lauren Boebert will be up later today, and we're putting them up all as full, right? They're all going up as full interviews. Uh, we may do some clips after, but we just want to, you know, we did so many that we didn't want to bludgeon you guys with uh, a gajillion clips. Uh, so that'll all be going up. And uh, all right, post-game show in just a moment. Cold close, and I'll see everybody at rubenreport.locals.com. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.